Countdown to Inspiration 4. You're listening to Are We There Yet? The radio show exploring space exploration. Hi, I'm Brendan Byrne. We're just a day away from the launch window opening of SpaceX's Inspiration 4 mission. It's the first all-civilian space mission to orbit, taking four people on a three-day trip to space and back. It's also unlike any launch from the U.S., People are leaving the planet, and they're not NASA astronauts. We'll talk with NASA's head of human spaceflight, Kathy Leaders, about how NASA's helping SpaceX with this mission, and why she's not upset that she won't be in the control room for this mission. Then we'll continue our conversation with John Krause. He's the photographer for Inspiration4, about how he's preparing the crew to take their own images from space. That's ahead on Are We There Yet? here on WMFE, America's Space Station. SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsule will take the Inspiration4 crew on their mission. It was originally designed to carry NASA astronauts to the International Space Station and back. NASA watched over that development, including Kathy Leaders, the agency's head of human spaceflight. NASA doesn't own Crew Dragon. Instead, it helps SpaceX develop and build the capsule, and then NASA purchased seats on the spacecraft for its own astronauts. That means SpaceX can sell seats on the vehicle, and that's what's allowed for this first all-civilian mission. I spoke with leaders about NASA's role in the upcoming flight and her excitement for Inspiration4. I am. I cannot tell you how excited I am for the SpaceX folks. Um, this is like watching your kids graduate from college, right? Um, very, very exciting. Um, and this is a capability that we are going to be using again, you know, at the end of October. So we are um, hoping for the best and and really uh, so excited for the team that is getting ready to go fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Kathy, what role is, is NASA playing in this mission? Is, is the agency just a spectator at this point? We are helping them in in certain ways with, I would say, kind of key our infrastructure capabilities. Um, you know, under the Commercial Space Launch Act, uh, there's there's opportunities for the government to help these kinds of commercial activities with infrastructure that we have. And so there are some places where we're, we're providing them with some support, like with communications. Um, fire rescue support at the pad. But for the most part, for the mission, this is SpaceX's. Um, this is this is what we were dreaming about, Brendan. We were, we were dreaming about us one day being able to enable a capability that the public can use. And we're getting ready to see it. Uh, are, you know, is SpaceX paying for these these services, or, yeah. or is this, does this fall on the the American taxpayer? So, so these services that I mentioned are all we're allowed to provide them under different reimbursable agreements that we have. It's a way for 
public companies to be able to leverage the capabilities and be able to um, pay for their part of it as they're using it for commercial missions. Gotcha. And and Kathy, that, that was the whole point of, of, of setting it up this way, right, is, is to encourage these commercial partnerships and these uh, these these encourage these commercial missions, right? Yeah, I think we've you know learned that if we can be an anchor tenant, but allow commercial capabilities to be able to have their innovation, it's really better for the taxpayer, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a way for us to do an economic investment, have NASA be able to get the mission that they want but also have it be a way to allow industry to be making income and leveraging and growing different capabilities that helps our economy. Mm-hmm. Kathy, this is this is the first human mission from Kennedy Space Center where NASA isn't playing a large role. Um, I'm wondering how, how you and the agency feel about this, this new role that, that NASA is playing as largely a spectator in this mission. You know, we realize that going into exploration, we're going to need to do this as a team sport. And so to me, it's really great to see one part of the team starting to create capabilities that we potentially in the future can be leveraging off of. This is what we were established for. We were established to be able to, you know, facilitate and in a commercial industry for space. And so to us, this is like an, a, a huge accomplishment that we are able to actually see um, aspects of it grow. This is also not new. You know, we, we basically had done something like this when we were beginning the commercial launch market on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is not a new concept. And we've been flying commercial launches for a long time. It's still, I will tell you, Brendan, each of these capabilities are critical for us for our missions. And so I tell everybody, I live in here in northern, you know, Merritt Island, and I, I see all these launches going off. And every single one of those launches being successful is important for our NASA missions. And so um, this mission being successful will be important for our NASA missions coming up. And we need to continue to have our commercial providers maintain this great record and continue to fly safely. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned leveraging some of those capabilities for, um, you know, future NASA ambitions. I mean, what are, what are some of the things that are on the horizon that um, you can foresee utilizing these commercial operators for, you know, other than what we have now with commercial crew and commercial cargo? Well, you know, we're hoping someday to be able to have a, a commercial LEO destination where we are flying our crew members and being able to do science on a commercial Leo destination, but not having to pay the full cost of all the infrastructure. It's another place where we're maybe paying our share, but, you know, and, and having the U.S. taxpayer pay for the part that we're using, but also by sharing it with other customers, we're able to get that research and our critical um, data, hopefully at a lower cost point. But honestly, we're also hoping that industry is out there creating capabilities that we can use for exploration missions. You know, us being able to begin to have commercial launch missions enabled us to have the potential for commercial crew missions. 
which enables us to have the potential for commercial logistics missions going to the moon and at a cheaper cost and, and allows us to be able to leverage these capabilities together. And then enables NASA to be focusing on the exploration crew transportation point, the highest risk areas where you know we can um, we can ensure that our crew members are able to conduct the human missions that we need. You know, already we've seen, and we have this with our um, the CLIPS missions that are providing science payloads going to the moon right now. So I'll tell you, Brendan, when I see this, it's excitement because we're able to leverage even more capabilities. It's just not things that we're dreaming up anymore. Because we've opened the door to industry, we're allowing them to dream up things that we can then use. Mm -hmm. And I always, I always say more brains working on these problems is better than just one brain working on it. <laughs> Fair point. Um, I, I want to go back to the, the Inspiration4 mission. Now, there, there will be four private uh, astronauts or, or, or participants will be flying on this mission. And as someone whose focus is on human safety, Kathy, I mean, what are your thoughts about having a completely private crew on this complicated spacecraft going to low Earth orbit, which we know is, there is quite a bit of risk when going to space. There is quite a bit of risk going to space. And, and I think um, you know, the team that's there um, working through this has worked through flight readiness reviews on the NASA crewed missions. I know they're going through their flight readiness reviews right now um, with the team that has participated in our flight readiness reviews. It's kind of, to me, like the ultimate tech transfer is for us to uh, be working with them, having them understand kind of what it means to be able to go through and really check, understand the key things you need to check um, before you go and fly people. And we've got, you know, some of our uh, ex-NASA people there helping folks learn and work through the process. So to me, this is what NASA was established for, you know, is for us to be able to share our 50 years of flight experience through these partnerships and have them gain from them. And I'm hoping that we will also be learning from SpaceX's mission and applying that learning to our next Crew 3 launch. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is a very exciting time for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Kathy, you're, you're very familiar with SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsule. Um, I mean, how comfortable are you knowing that there isn't someone with the caliber training of a NASA astronaut on board in case something does go wrong? I think, you know, the team has used a lot of the lessons learned from training our crewed astronauts and is applying that to their capabilities. And, and I feel like with my understanding of what the SpaceX team has been doing with our crews and understanding how they're getting their crews ready, I think they're applying all of our lessons learned. This is where SpaceX is stepping up. Right. They're they're going to be the ones that are saying we have done the right things to make sure that this crew will be safe. And it will, it's very important to them. Um, and so uh, I feel like all that learning is being applied to this particular mission. Nobody should ever feel like. You know, very comfortable as they're working through missions because because 
this is you have to be vigilant and i think that vigilance is being applied to this crew and the spacex folks understand how important that vigilance is mm -hmm. uh, you talked a little bit about uh, these commercial opportunities and how this kind of meshes with um, nasa's long-term ambitions and, and deep space ambitions um, and also commercial ambitions but i mean are there any hurdles still in the way that need to be overcome to, to make this a little bit smoother for these commercial companies to, to do things like this, to give NASA these opportunities? I mean, what's ahead? Is there anything that needs to change? You know, we have an opportunity to learn from these and how our government agencies need to work together and to get ready for a commercial infrastructure in space. And um, we are working with our interagency sisters and brothers to get ready for this next um, phase of commercial LEO destinations and capabilities. Um, there's processes in place now that work okay for the kinds of missions we've been having. We need to work and establish um, additional infrastructures to be able to handle a high volume of human space flight in commercial LEO. But What's exciting about it, Brandon, is we're kind of paving the way and showing where we need to work, which I think is another example of how NASA's mission is being used by the U.S. to be able to kind of pave the way and maybe not as snazzy a, an, an area as, you know, rocket launches and crew launches, but, but in new ways to figure out how to regulate this kind of environment and how to best enable commercial spaceflight. Mm -hmm. uh, Inspiration4 is a mission of, of four civilians, each with, with different backgrounds. Um, this has kind of been billed and promoted as, you know, regular people getting a chance to go to space. And Kathy, I'm wondering if you foresee this being the future of space exploration, where regular human beings get to go into low Earth orbit more frequently, or is this an, an isolated event that is happening? Man, I hope this isn't an isolated event. You know, I tell everybody, I said, I want all of you to view yourselves as space people and all companies out there be space companies. And I think the ability to have somebody that isn't a NASA astronaut view themselves as being able to fly is kind of the first step in that. Mm -hmm. And selfish follow-up, will you start up the Journalist in Space program, and when can I get on board anytime soon? <laughs> uh, we'll work on it. You know, it depends. You know, I think what's, what's great about this is, Brendan, you know, we have government astronauts that work many, many years of training and expertise to go do our, you know, our six-month increment missions on station and working hard to go do our our. Um, exploration missions and those those government astronauts are are dedicating tons of time to that so then and the commercial astronauts it's a little bit different mission right so I think Brendan what's going to be great in the future is you can decide whether you want to do a, a six-month tour as a journalist and you may have to collect some lunar samples and a few other things or you now will have the opportunity to maybe have a, a different kinds of mission. Um, both missions need to have the training to make sure you can do it safe, but there are different missions out there. And I think that's really, really cool that we are going to be having different kinds of space missions in the future. 
That was NASA's head of human spaceflight, Kathy Leaders. Still to come, part two of our conversation with Inspiration4 mission photographer, John Krause. Are We There Yet? is back in a minute. One more thing before we go to break. I'm sure you're going to be watching the launch of Inspiration4 and the three-day mission of this crew in orbit. If that's the case, I want to see how you're watching it or who you're watching it with. Be sure to send me a picture. You can do that by tweeting it to me at SpaceBrendan or at AWTYSpace. Or go ahead and shoot me an email, B-B-Y-R-N-E at WMFE.org. We'll go ahead and share how you're watching Inspiration4 Mission on our website and our social media channels. Thanks. You're listening to Are We There Yet? Here on WMFE, I'm Brendan Byrne. Last week, we met John Krause. He's the Space Coast-based rocket photographer tasked with documenting the training and launch of the Inspiration4 crew. Our conversation continues with Krause, including how he's helping the crew take their own photos from space. One of the things that I think is really cool about this mission is the fact that, you know, the the mission managers pick someone like you to actually document this and share the images as they're coming out. There's a Netflix documentary coming out um, that's going to bring us all there. And, you know, we're going to be in the capsule with them. Um, and, and one thing that I learned today is that uh, you're training them up on how to shoot photos. What has that process been like uh, trying to, you know, teach these four folks that probably don't have much photography experience how to take pictures of a lifetime from space. So it's, it's definitely a challenge because I obviously have not yet done it. So yet I compiled resource <laughs> yet. Exactly. One day for sure. Um, so I compiled resources from, from NASA's photographers and I just took some of my knowledge with photography in general. And I, I made this nice little PDF manual which was tricky because I had to compile not only like how to operate the camera, but how to operate it within the context of space. And also they have much more important like mission critical things that they're training on, like how to operate dragon in the event that they would need to. So I had to make this PDF very concise so that they can just get the absolute basics and, and feel prepared. Um, But at the same time, I had to make sure it wasn't too barren because they obviously still need to learn. So we got that written manual um, in their inboxes, and then we we procured the cameras. And so I'll actually dive into this. I haven't yet talked about this. So I was responsible for procuring the camera gear that they'll use and then getting it to SpaceX. So once we identified that the cameras that I had in mind were safe um, and going to be okay for the flight, I procured them and split it up into the flight hardware kit and then two different kits that we could rotate between crew members. So the, the flight hardware was like shipped off a while ago. And for the past little over a month, the crew have been like rotating these camera kits between each other. Um, I know Cyan has done a lot of photography so far. She took photos during our fighter jet training, um, just as like practice. Um, so yeah, you know, they've been, they've been texting me questions as they have them and I've been happy to answer. I want to talk a little bit about the day of the launch. Um, you know, when I've seen you working, you're setting up remote cameras, you're 
finding a, a unique perspective to shoot photos of the launch. Um, is that going to be the case on, on launch day, hopefully on September 15th? Are you going to be taking pictures of the actual launch from the ground? Absolutely. Yeah, a few people have been joking that I'm going to be a stowaway or somehow get on board, but, but absolutely <laughs> not. This, uh, this mission's for the four of them, and it's, it's just going to be them four. But I'll be, I'll be on the ground definitely shooting the launch, definitely with the, the remote sound-activated cameras around the pad. Um, I haven't been sharing what those specific plans are for mainly because I don't want to overhype people as to what access I may or may not get. Um, and I kind of want to surprise people with, with whatever images I'm able to capture. But, but trust me when I say there's going to be a very earnest attempt at getting some great imagery of this mission from my end. You mentioned the two of the participants in this mission, um, you know, won competitions to be on there. And I know that you were in the running for that. You've raised quite a bit of money for St. Jude. Um, before you were hired on, um, in the hopes that you would get that seat there. Um, are you disappointed that you're not on this mission? Not at all. Not at all. Because I more or less won. Like I lost the seat, uh, to Cyan. She, she was the winner of that competition that I entered, but I I've gotten to see so much of what they're doing. And in a sense, it's, it's given me an idea of what it takes to do this. You know, I, I can't claim in any way that I'm doing it because it, it really is just the four of them, but I've, I've seen what they're doing and it's, it's made me think a lot about what that might mean if I ever get the chance, which, which I hope one day, you know, whether that's a couple of years or decades when space truly becomes attainable for like the everyday person, I'll, I'll be ready in part because of this mission and, and what I've witnessed. Um, but I, I did get this job by entering the competition, which is, which I think is, is really cool. You know, it shows that, if you just take that leap of faith and put yourself out there, maybe it won't turn out exactly like you'd hoped, but it'll turn out in like a totally cool and unexpected way. And that, and that's what happened here. Um, another thing I haven't really dived into publicly is that um, when the mission was first announced and I opened my store on the ship for shop platform, which was a, a fundraiser for St. Jude on my end with selling sign prints, I was like dead set on flying on this mission. I, 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 had this feeling that I was going to win. Um, you know, I'm not really one of those like superstitious people, but like, I just had this feeling that this, this is what my career in the short time has led to. And like, I was going to be on the mission, but then like midway through the competition, I started second guessing myself. And I thought like, is this something I really want at such a young age? What are the sacrifices that I'd have to make? Am I okay with the risk at such a young age? And I just kind of questioned if I really wanted to get involved. Um, and this was before I posted my video. So I was actually thinking a bit about, you know, how, how would I frame it if I, if I decided not to go? Would I frame it as like a family thing or a personal decision? But, but ultimately, I didn't get that far. And I, I decided like, hey, like you got to put yourself out there. You got to take these, these chances and leaps in life. And um, I, I executed and I put out my video and it got a great reception. And, and the campaign noticed, Jared, Jared, the missions commander noticed and you know, a few weeks later, I got this email from the mission manager, Scott, who goes by Kitty, says, hey, do you have time to jump on a Zoom today to discuss an opportunity with Inspiration4? And I knew at that point, based on some chatter, that I definitely wasn't even a finalist. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure on that now, but I, I just knew at that point, like, I, I wasn't going to be on the mission just because of the time that had passed. So I, I figured it was, it was, hey, do you want to take some pictures of us? And, and that's what, what it turned into. And this is funny, actually. So I 
I sent some prints from my fundraiser to people at Shift4. They actually bought a couple to support my, my campaign, which I thought was really cool. And I put a note in there to Jared that said, hey, if I don't win, I'd love to basically do what I've ended up doing, uh, be, be the photographer for the campaign. And I thought that would be like a cool personal way to get their attention and, you know, express my interest that I'm, I'm supportive of the mission, even if I don't fly on it. Um, and they, I did send off that print order. But what's funny is they reached out to me before Jared ever even saw the note. So they already had that idea in mind. And then they, they got the package and opened the note like weeks later. Um, so it was just kind of cool. Like you put yourself out there and um, you see what happens. So it's a bit of a long-winded answer there. But, you know, just I'll, I'll say to people listening, like, just go for it, man. Like you, nev- you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. John, I want to end on this question. Um, this is you have an enormous responsibility sharing these images with um with the world and and showing the story documenting this i mean how do you perceive your role in this and do you understand just how important it is to have these images out in the world to to show people the sacrifices that they're making and and the awe of this mission Absolutely. Um, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about how I'm going to answer that. Um, you know, I, I definitely have responsibility to do it right, because I think if this mission goes well, as Jared said, it's going to be a turning point in human spaceflight. And the pictures I've created are going to to help solidify that history visually. And there's there's this responsibility to make them look good. And I, I think I've really done my best in doing that just because of the trust they've placed in me. You know, er, early on, like... Um, not that they didn't trust me, but I just hadn't yet built that dynamic yet where they could feel comfortable with me saying like, Hey, let's go try this shot real quick. Um, but to sum it up, yeah, this, this mission is a big deal. And I'm, I'm super proud to play a small role, um, in the grand scheme of things. And I hope that, you know, in the decades that come and, and centuries from now, like maybe a couple of my launch images will be referenced when we talk about the beginning of human spaceflight. Mm-hmm. And, and is there an image so far that's been your favorite? Uh, not really. Um, there, there's a selection of ones that I'm really fond of, but there hasn't been one that like immediately comes to mind. The, the zero G flight presented a lot of great images and it was cool to see them floating for the first time, you know, like they're going to be floating in space. Um, then we were up in the crew access arm at 39A and got a nice pose shot of them all in there. But other than that, no, not really. It's just, it's been a culmination of all, all the events that have all presented great pictures. So John Krauss is a photographer based on the Space Coast, and he's the official mission photographer of Inspiration4. John, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was, it was great to talk about this. That's going to do it for this week's show. You can listen back to the first part of our interview with John Krauss or any other episode of this show by subscribing to the show's podcast feed. You can do that on NPR One, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or just go and visit wmfe.org slash yet. And be sure to stay up to date on the latest space news, including the Inspiration4 mission, by following me on Twitter. I'm at SpaceBrendan, or visit our website at wmfe.org slash space. Are We There Yet? is a production of WMFE, America's Space Station. Editorial guidance this week from LaToya Dennis. The show's intern is Maria Brasino. Support for Are We There Yet? comes from our listeners. Until next week, I'm Brendan Byrne. Thanks for listening.